This is part two of Do It Right with UV Light. It's just very, very important to have a good filtration system so you get this transmission. Transmission is everything, and you don't want to coat the quartz sleeve with high hardness that can start plating out on the bulb or manganese or iron that could literally coat the lens that's transmitting the UV. Correct. So that's where your pretreatment comes in before the ultraviolet light. Typically, we like to see turbidity less than 5 NGU, no color in the water, magnesium about 0.5 ppm, hardness less than 7 grains per gallon, iron at 0.3 ppm, and typically a pH of 6.5 to 9.5. Okay. Before that. Now, going back to the dose, NSF created a test for ultraviolet units to certify the dose on the systems. And that came out to a dose of 40 millijoules per centimeter squared. They require a low UV dose alarm set point, and they test water quality down to 50%. So you have to achieve a three log or 99.9% reduction of E. coli coliform bacteria at the end of your lamp life and with 50% ultraviolet transmission. So that puts a strain on the UV unit. And what it does is it takes the standard 30,000 dose in, lowers that flow rate capacity. So you have to rate your system at a minimum of 40,000 microwatts, 40 millijoules, at a UVT of 50% at the end of lamp life. So it, it puts in a good safety factor to get 99.99, or I'm sorry, 99.9% reduction. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, because there are some standards out there or some UVs that aren't really manufactured to that standard. And we're talking about life-threatening bacteria here. So it's important to have controls in place. Absolutely. There is a difference whether the system is rated for the UV dose at the beginning of lamp life or a brand new lamp or at the end of lamp life, which is typically uh, somewhere between 9,000 hours to 12,000 hours. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, is that a, a year and a half or what would, what would you tell people? What we're, We'll have the rules of the road later, but that's how many hours? Typically on residential, it's approximately 9,000 hour lamp life. On a commercial unit, it could be up to 12,000 hours, which is one year on a residential change out and a year and a half on commercial change out line. And that's why there are lamp alarms and timers involved. So, because people, hey, I'm, yeah, it's in your basement. You forget about this stuff. So that's why it's real important shopping for ultraviolet that you have these checks and balances in place because, hey, we're creatures of habit and we have a busy lifestyle. You really do want to have a little alarm that's going to 
like a smoke detector kind of pesky change me out alarm. Yeah, typically now the monitoring control boxes for the ultraviolet in a residential application will give you a notification at 30 days left to change your lamp. And then once again at the end of the 30 days or you better change it out right away notification. Yeah, well, that's super important. But moving on, what will and what won't UV kill? I mean, what's what maybe won'ts, more won'ts than wills, that it's not super, super effective for? Well, UV will kill your disease-causing microorganisms. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of the required dose for the targeted organism. And UV light in combination with other, be it filtration or other means of disinfection, such as ozone, can produce an oxidation process called advanced oxidation, where UV light emits hydroxyl radicals, which is even stronger than ozone or UV as a standalone. And it can destroy uh, chemicals in water. It can destroy very hard viruses, things of that nature. Uh I've heard of that, where they put peroxide into the water and they'll circulate it at about seven times the flow rate. And you can actually oxidize and reduce some really, really difficult chemicals like 1,4-dioxane and make them basically filterable. Correct. So there's a lot of innovations in that direction taking place right now. Well, the big scary thing, it's all over the news as of this podcast, is that brain-eating amoeba. I still can't get my head around this. That they have, that there's this creature out there. It's almost science fiction, uh, Stephen King kind of thing. That's terrifying That to even think that there's something in there. That if you inhaled it up your nose... It got into your olfactory, and it could just start chomping away at your brain. Is that something that's easily zapped by ultraviolet? Well, the, the brain-eating amoebas, scientific name is Negleria bolari, and it's a uh, free-living protozoan that can cause that fatal disease, primarily amoebic meningioencephalitis and it's pretty bad as everybody is coming to find out basically that goes in the protozoan cyst category and it takes a dose a uv dose higher than cryptosporidium to deal with it and studies have shown that it's in the range of up as high as 120 millijoules per centimeter square for three log reduction. So basically, that's about four times the dose of a standard residential system. Wow. I didn't know that. At the rate of flow. Yeah. So what if we use an ultrafiltration, which is 0.025 micron, to maybe grab them, and then we have pretty much a very highly, highly clarified water, then post-ultraviolet of an ultrafilter. That would be a combination system, and and that is where states and federal agencies are going for. They're looking at what is called a multi-barrier approach to 
disinfection. What they want is a combination of a couple methods of disinfection. So one supports the other. Yeah. So if you looked at ultrafiltration combined with ultraviolet light, you've got a really good insulation for removing, destroying this amoeba. Well, that's good to know. Can we use ultraviolet light in our HVAC system and our hot air systems in our homes and businesses to destroy some airborne bacteria? You absolutely can. As we said, in air, ultraviolet light transmits very well. So there's a different design for HVA systems, HVAC systems. It's an ultraviolet light that's put in the ducting system of your HVAC system itself. So it's generally near the condenser coils. That's used to shine ultraviolet light down and keep the coils a little bit cleaner. And then it kills the airborne bacteria as it passes. You want it on the side where the air is blown through your house to put the ultraviolet lights. We build specialty HVAC ultraviolet lights. And it's sized based upon your HVA system and how much SCFM air movement you have through the house itself. Right, just like anything. The bigger the system, maybe you need two or one or three. Right. But the key is to keep it near the uh, coils where they can grow more bugs than anything because there's some moisture involved there with the cooling coils. I would imagine there's a little more moisture at the the A coil, they call it. So that's where uh, Legionnaires, I think, happened in big commercial units that sit stagnant sometimes. Right. We're doing a lot for Legionnaires' disease and cooling towers on commercial industrial buildings. UV is a very good disinfectant for Legionnaires' disease. Okay. Yeah, that's neat to know. Would anybody want to use like UV light in public water just as a final barrier, as we call it in the industry, just to have? You know, you have the boil water alerts and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Ultraviolet light is utilized in public water systems as a safety margin. Even if you're on a municipal water supply, you can look at ultraviolet disinfection as a safety when they are doing any maintenance on the incoming pipe or there's a boil water alert. If you ever consider how old the piping infrastructure is in the municipalities, especially in the Northeast. Yeah, up here. Yeah. These systems are can be up to 100 years old, or some are even older. And they crack, they break. Uh, if you think of tree roots that get through the piping system, anytime there's a crack or break in the piping system, there's a potential for bacteria, microorganisms to get into the water supply. They do a good job with their chlorine residuals, but still, if there is a break, the first thing you hear is boil your water. So it's becoming more and more where the homeowner is responsible for their drinking water supply at their point of entry into their home. So it would be a good consideration to have ultraviolet disinfection there to maintain bacteria-free water all the way from your incoming water line throughout your house. Got it. 
Well, we're moving right along. We've taken a lot of time here, but it's a very, very important subject that, shockingly, I haven't addressed it in a podcast earlier. So just in summary, just the major do's and don'ts, we've kind of went over it, but when you're applying ultraviolet, say the gospel according to Jesse here, that you should really, really be careful when you're applying it and what we should do, our homework, the most important points. What are they? Well, look at your application. What is your water source? Is it well water? Is it municipal water? And each water use defines the type of equipment and the standards to be uh, applied. Essentially, when you're uh, using ultraviolet, size the UV system by the flow rate and UV dose to achieve how much reduction of microorganisms you want to achieve. Also look at the service and maintenance aspect of this. Don't just install it, but maintain it over the years. Change out the ultraviolet lamp. Although the lamp is on, you see that blue glow, doesn't mean you have enough UV intensity after one year. Make sure you change out your lamp on an annual basis. Clean the quartz sleeve when you change out your lamps. An easy test to make sure your quartz sleeve is, is clean is I call it the paper towel test. Take out your quartz sleeve, put it on a white paper towel. If you can see any colorization on that quartz sleeve, clean it off. If you can't clean it off, replace it. Simple as that. That's what I like about ATS. When you buy a bulb, it's a kit. They give you the court sleeve, the bulb, and an O-ring as a kit. And so they force you into the new court sleeve, and you do it at a reasonable price. A lot of other UV companies out there kind of fleece you a little bit for each part, and they don't make it a kit. And I think it's so important that Aqua Treatment really took that lead and made you buy the quartz sleeve and bulb and o-ring because the o-rings can get sticky after a while and it's crazy not to have a new o-ring it's cheap it's not you know, it costs nothing and by purchasing those service kits you can keep several different flow rates in your service truck or you know that when you buy that service kit you get everything you need to maintain your uv unit for another year going down the line So it's important to get all the items you need to keep your UV operating properly. And those quartz sleeves are very delicate. You one tiny little angled little snap, and they will break. They are so delicate. Yeah, they don't bend. They They do not bend. And the one one thing that's tongue-in-cheek that I've seen, the worst thing that ever happens with people who install these things, they don't realize that there's going to be a length of quartz sleeve and bulb that's coming out the top or the bottom of this unit, you have to have the clearance. They'll install it too high to the floorboards in a house, and they can't take the quartz sleeve out because it's double the length of the chamber, right? So you have the chamber, and then you have the quartz sleeve that falls down inside. So make sure you have clearance enough to bring your bulb and quartz sleeve out of the unit. Otherwise, you got to replumb. Exactly. Exactly. And another factor is when you tighten down that end nut, the compression nut seals the quartz sleeve inside the chamber, turn that down and hand tight 
I always say hand tight and a quarter turn. Do not use a wrench on the end nut. It's not required. Hand tight gives you a 120 PSI seal and you're good to go. That's neat. That's neat. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. One other thing I want to talk about is public drinking water applications for commercial. And this gets into the four lock. What occurred in 2008 and through 2010 is the EPA developed the ultraviolet disinfection guidance manual and required a third-party test to make sure that your systems could treat denovirus, getting into the viruses in the water supplies. Not just bacteria, not just crypto, but viruses, and very hard to deal with viruses. So that took the UV dose level up to 186 millijoules, or four log 99.99% reduction. And it's third-party certified where they're testing the UV with organisms to achieve that level inlet to outlet at your rated flow. They reduce the UVT again, plus they lower your voltage incoming line voltage to make sure you can operate and achieve that high dose at low voltages, low water quality. And uh, that created the four log validated systems that states are going for on your public water supplies like your Quickie Mart stores, hotels, restaurants, anything where there's public going in and out of the facilities. And we're using our ATS four log validated systems in those applications and rainwater treatment where they collect the rainwater off the roofs. We're now doing a lot of those systems. And we're also starting to get into water reuse where requires a validated system for and free treatment to clean up water so that it can be reused again. It's pretty neat. I mean, I know ATS has got quite the compliment, which, you know, you can call me. We could sort through all those offerings. But you guys are probably the most user-friendly, innovative, and have the most extensive product line from the little under-the-sink lab unit to this massive ultraviolet system like you just discussed with all the requirements, all the dosages, the amalgam bulbs, you know, the engineering that goes behind it. Plus, you come to bat for us with the proper documentation that will get the regulators, give them a smile that, indeed, ATS has done their homework with a lot of their systems. And it is really refreshing that you did that for me. It was for a customer, and we looked professional in the eyes of a state regulator, and he felt confident that that ultraviolet was going to do it, do its job. That's important. Yeah, and it's very in, important to choose your ultraviolet supplier and look at, are, do they manufacture ultraviolet disinfection equipment? Do they have engineering? Do they have support behind it? Or are they just an assembler where they're buying parts and putting it together? You want someone that understands ultraviolet and water treatment and other components that 
complement each other for water treatment and that can provide you with technical service support and training. That's a key factor. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, we've taken some good amount of time here, but it's, like I said, a very important subject. Thanks for so much for doing this and having the time here. You know, it's very important. I appreciate it, Jesse. And bacteria-free water, is it's essential to a healthy society, and ATS has helped quite a few people out there achieve that. I appreciate it. I appreciate being with you today, Mike, and I hope everybody gets a better understanding of ultraviolet disinfection. And we're here to work with you at Aqua Treatment Service and looking forward to working with you on future applications. Okay. Well, trust the frog, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.